Over the past several weeks, we've been talking on this subject of there's an app for that. We started off the first three weeks helping a guy named Mike out, and then for the last couple of weeks and ending this week, we've been helping Ashley out. So I don't know if this is for anybody else, but it's for those two people uh, as we kind of been looking at everything from purpose to anger uh, to relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So would you take your Bibles and then go to the book of Proverbs, the 21st chapter, Proverbs chapter 21. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And it is a joy every week to be able to come into that campus and to preach to you the Word of God. So would you get ready to receive today what God is speaking to you? The book of Proverbs is, is interesting. Proverbs chapter 21 is where we're going to be. We've been believing that there's an app out of the book of Proverbs for some of these different things that we've been talking about. Now, let me, let me say this to you. In 2008, Apple opened the first app store and, and began to, to put apps up where you could get them. They tell us that by October of 2013, now hear me again, it was in uh, 2008, by October of 2013, there was approximately 1 million apps. Now think about that. We went from none to 1 million in a very short time. Now here's what I want to tell you. The Word of God says that there's nothing new under the sun. So there's some apps in Scripture that you can take and apply to your life that can help you to move in everything that God has for you. Here's what we're talking about today, living life with no regrets. How many of you would like to live life with no regrets? Right? I mean, wouldn't that be wonderful? Here's how you live life with no regrets. Do what Jesus did. Live like he did, and you live life with no regrets. Now, you got a little card today as you came in, and on that card, it lists this scripture, Proverbs 21, 29, and it also gives you the subject today. Today, we're going to be talking about purity. Now, let me say this to you. I put this sermon at the end of the series. There's a reason. I'm going to dig down in your stuff today, and I knew if I put it at the beginning, most of you wouldn't show up for the rest of the series. So we put it at the tail end of this, so we're going to be talking about some things right where we live in all of our lives. The book of Proverbs, the 21st chapter, verse 29, says the wicked put up a bold front. Now let me tell you something about the wicked. The wicked don't mind putting their stuff out there for everybody. Right? They put up a bold front. I, I don't know how many of you caught this. It's been all over the news, all over uh, the media. Uh, just a, what, a week or two ago, uh, we, we had the joy of experiencing Kanye and Kim. The wicked put up a bold front. <laughs> Did anybody see how much that dress cost? $500,000 for her dress, for her third marriage, she would have been better to have been in sackcloth and ashes because that's what she should have been in. Wow, it's already digging up some of your stuff, huh? The bold, the wicked put up a bold front, but the upright give thought to their ways. So we're talking about purity. Now that word purity means this. Freedom from anything that debases, contaminates, or 
pollutes. That's what, that's what purity is. It's, it's getting us out of anything that debases a person, that it contaminates a person, or that it pollutes our lives. Now, let's think about just for a minute in our society some things that debase human beings, that contaminate human beings, that pollute their spirit and their soul and their body. Uh, let me, can I just name a few? Are you ready? Come on. Just, just go. In fact, on either side of you, just reach down and put your seatbelt on. All right. Let me, let me just name some. Do, do you think maybe reality shows might debase? Well, glory to God. What about movies? Think, think about how many movies are polluting to who you are. In, in fact, let me, let me do this. How many of you know that purity in our society is looked down on? Have you found that to be true? In fact, we make fun of people. We say, oh, oh, you're so puritanical. Kind of mean that that's a bad thing. Listen, I think that ought to be said about Christians, that we are puritanical. The, the word purity is not a bad word. If, you study, if you'll study history, you'll find out that Puritans weren't bad people. They were trying to get America to a place of godliness and righteousness. Purity is something that you and I need to have in our lives as believers. But, but there's all these things, advertising. I mean, think about it. You can, there, there's, I'm going to say this real quickly. Are, are you ready? In fact, let me say this to you today. We do have children's ministries, and this might be a good time for you to take advantage of that. Because I may talk about some stuff that will just kind of, you, you're going to get some questions when you get home. What about advertising? Does advertising kind of have a way of debasing and contaminating us? Do you realize that, that, that there are certain stores at the mall that if you walk by, you got to repent? It's like, oh, Lord, I didn't need to see that. And I saw all of that because it was like 12 feet tall. What about music? Oh, help us, Jesus. I mean, you know, I grew up in the 70s. I grew up, you know, in the, in the kind of rock and roll era. Uh, but, but I listen to, I hear stuff now. We, we wouldn't have dreamed of, of using terms and talking about women the way that music now talks. Do, do you realize, let me talk to you women. Do you realize how debasing it is when they, and I won't use the words, you can write, but when they call you certain things in the music, do, do you realize what that does to you as a human being? And, and, and yet we, we, well, yeah, pastor, but you got to understand, you know, it's, it's really, I really enjoy, really? Is it contaminating us? What about language? Do you realize that, that even for Christians, that Christians say things now and go, oh, you know, it's okay, everybody's doing it. I mean, really? Should, should we use, should we use by words? Should we use swear words and just justify it as a Christian? Do you know what the Bible says? You're going to give an account for every idle word. Wow, y'all are, are excited about this one, aren't you? <laughs> video games, that's another. Video, video games are contaminating our world. You, you know, how many, how many people can you kill? How many can you run over in a car? How many, you know, how many drug deals can you? I mean, really, that's, that's what we see. And, and, and see, when, when pastor starts talking about this, people start going, oh, he's being an old fuddy-duddy. He's being legalistic. Really? Pastor, it doesn't affect me what I watch. It doesn't affect me what I listen to. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because, you know, I'm under the grace of God. I mean, the grace of God covers everything. Yeah, it does. 
But isn't it interesting that every time there's a school shooting, they never want to say that anything about the media has anything, the violence that's out there, the violence in the games, the violence that's, that's portrayed on television. The vi- they never want to say that that's the issue. They always want to say that a gun is the issue. Now, I, I think there's a balance here, but, but go with me for a moment. Could it be that, that there really is some potential of, of some negative things coming through music, coming through uh, television, coming through? It, could, could it be? Wow. You say, well, I, I just don't believe it. And they always say, oh, no, movies and music, it doesn't affect us. Well, then why will they pay a million dollars for a 30-second commercial to sell you their product? Why is it that in that break time at the Super Bowl, they will pay millions of dollars to get their message across to you within one minute's time, and yet we can sit there for two hours and they say, oh, don't worry about that. That doesn't affect you. You ready? You look nervous. Go to the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter. We've been looking at apps. We've been looking at what the Word of God says. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else. That means whatever else, this is above all else. Above all else, guard your heart for everything. Would you say everything? Everything you do flows from it. Now, let me say this about the heart. The heart, when it refers to the heart in Scripture, it's not talking about the blood-pumping organ. The heart in Scripture is used to refer to our emotions and our feelings. So, Scripture is saying is that out of your emotions, out of your feelings, it's where this whole thing comes. And so, should there be purity with people who claim to be Christians? Should Christians be pure? Should we live a life of purity? Now, let me, let me say this about the desires. We're talking about this whole aspect of desires. Many of the desires in our hearts are formed independently of God. God's not in there. God's not involved in it. We form those outside of that. We allow society. We allow where we live. We allow the influence of people around us to to make us where we form these attachments. We form these desires in our heart that are not pleasing to God. Purity is something that Christians need to get back to. Uh, we, We often as Christians cherish things that God abhors. We hold on. We enjoy them. We, we talk about, well, you know what? You've got to understand, Pastor, we're living in a different age. It's a different day. Uh, things are just different, Pastor. Don't, don't be locked into some rigid past. Just understand we're in a new day. Now, let me say something to you. When I talk about purity, our mind instantly goes to sexual purity. I believe that's part of purity. But that's not all of purity. Purity, let me say it this way. Purity is about what's inside of you. Purity is about your motives more than it is about your actions. And so that's in every aspect of life. We live in a world that has fallen. How many of you know that's true, right? And and as human beings, as people, uh, we're born into this fallen world. And we have the tendency, it seems like we we just kind of adapt to our environment. 
And so if the world's doing it, then we're doing it. If, if it's going on around us, then we're doing it as well. Instead of saying, wait a minute, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and God calls me to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable unto Him, that I've got to come to that place where I live. Now, the book of Matthew kind of deals with this. The book of Matthew, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse. Here's Jesus talking. Now, are you ready? Here's what Jesus said. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, we use that and we say, you know, you got to get pure in heart if you want to see Jesus, if you want to one day go to heaven, and, and I believe in all that. But you know what? I think there's more to it than that. How many of you have read in the Word of God or you've heard somebody talk about that the Scripture says that Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing? Heard that? Jesus said, I don't do anything I don't see my Father doing. Could it be that the reason that we find ourselves in such a mess is that we don't see God? And the reason that we don't see God is because we're not pure in heart. If we lived lives that were truly pure in heart, then we would see God and then we would know. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That means when I'm in right relationship doing what I am supposed to do, then I am pleasing God and God is ordering my steps. Now, I want to say this to you. I am not preaching this sermon. The Apostle Paul said it this way one time. He said, not as though I have attained. All right? I'm not preaching to you today in the sense of, you know what, man, I got this purity thing handled. I don't ever struggle with it. I don't ever have an issue with it. I am preaching to you today as one who is a fellow traveler in this thing called Christianity, moving into what God has called us to. But I want to tell you that purity and holiness and righteousness still need to be talked about. They are biblical words, they are in Scripture, and God tells us that we are to live pure and holy lives set apart to Him so that we can see the glory of God being lived out in our lives. The Bible says it this way. It says that we are being conformed into His image. We are being made like the Lord God Almighty. So how does purity come in our life? You ready? Number one is purity comes by the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. If you want to be pure, you've got to allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you. Hebrews 9, 14 says, how much more? It's talking about the Old Testament. But then it says, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. The blood of Jesus cleanses us so that we can serve the living God. So that's the first thing you have to understand. If you want to be a pure person, if you want to live in purity, you have to allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you and to purge you from the past, from who you were, and to begin to live for who God wants you to be. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 is, is the beginning of the next one there. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. The, the second thing that we need to understand about purity is that purity comes from a singleness of mind. In other words, the Word of God says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now, how many of you have found out 
that there are, there are times, that there are seasons of your life that you're not trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, right? And, and when, when we do that, that's when we find ourselves getting in trouble. We start mixing a little bit of ourselves and mixing a little bit of God and mixing a little bit of this, that, and the other. And we begin to bring that into our lives instead of living out what God has called us to. Now, it's interesting to note that in our society, we struggle with this thing about purity. We struggle in the aspect of purity. We, we even make fun of people who say, you know what? I'm not going to have sex before I get married. And when, when somebody says that, then the media goes, if an actor or an actress says that they're not going to be promiscuous before they get married, then, then the media begins to say how foolish these people are, how, how, how puritanical they are, on and on and on. Instead of, of understanding, wait a minute, just, just study the statistics of those who get pregnant out of wedlock. Let, let's talk, let, can, can I just get real? Because you're really nervous. Can I just get right down where we live? Do you realize, ladies, do you realize that if you have a child out of wedlock and you don't get married, that you're going to make less money than somebody who gets married and has a child the way that, that the Word of God says to Do you realize that your children are going to have a tougher time in school? I'm not saying this from a biblical perspective. I am saying this from a sociological perspective that tells us that this is what happens when you disobey what God's Word says. Oh, Pastor, you just got to understand, it's, it's just part of the nature of where we are and who we are, and, and you know, you just can't help it. Really? I had somebody look at me one day, and they said, I just don't know how I got in this mess. And I looked at them, and I said, you're pretty bright. Let me help you. If you hadn't gone to bed, you wouldn't have had the baby. I, I got some deep theology if you'll hang with me. See, our society tells us it's okay. Do what you want to do. Do it any way you want to. It doesn't matter because what only matters at the end of the day is, now watch, is are you happy? Really? Will you show me in Scripture where God ever tells you life is about being happy? The Word of God talks about you being blessed. The Word of God talks about you having joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Word of God talks, but the Word of God does not tell you that this life is just going to be happy. In fact, the Word of God says in this life you will have tribulation. I want to tell you, there are going to be moments it's not going to be happy. And if all you're doing is living to be happy, you're going to be trading in every six months. Do I need to break that down for you? <laughs> See, movies, television, society tells us, listen, if they're not making you happy, get somebody who will. Really? Let me help you. They'll make you happy until the feelings wear off. They're called hormones. And, and this one I love. Well, pastor, you just got to understand. Boy, you... You guys are, uh, I wish I could turn the camera on you just for a minute. You just got to understand, Pastor, I love them. You ready? But I'm not, oh, yeah, you've heard it. I'm not in love with them. What that means is, is I'm not just crazy about them anymore. You know, I don't have all this testosterone rushing, and so 
I just, you know, I, I just need to trade them in on a newer model. It's time to, you know, like I got a new car, it's time to get a new husband, time to get a new wife. And that's what society tells us. And yet the Word of God tells you, you know what the Word of God says? The Word of God says that you are to delight in the wife of your youth. The Word of God says that you are to stay in this marriage and to live in purity. The Word of God says that, uh, here we go, you ready? The Word of God says that all sex outside of marriage is sin. I don't care if our president didn't know what is, is. The Word of God doesn't parse it. It doesn't like, it says that if you're not married, let me, here we go, Jesus. Some of y'all praying for the rapture right now, I know. But you better be sure you're ready. Anyway, let's move on. Here's, here's what we need to understand. In the, in the process of this, the Word of God is quite clear about how that we are to live, how we are to conduct ourselves. How do I live in purity? Well, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is just and faithful and will forgive our sins and cleanse us and, or purify us from all unrighteousness. Third thing about purity is that purity comes from confession of sin. Purity comes when I'm willing to say, God, I messed up. See, here's what I love about the Lord. The Lord doesn't hold it against us. He, he challenges us to live lives of purity, to live lives of righteousness and holiness unto Him. But then He says, if you sin, you just con if you'll confess that sin. The word confession there means to say the same thing as God says about it. He says, if you'll confess your sin, I'll forgive you of that sin. Now, let me help you. Some of you are saying, whew, man, I just, get, I just go do it and then I confess and I do it and I confess. No, let me, let me give you another scripture. The Apostle Paul, here's what he said. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Pastor, you got to understand, I got this revelation of grace. I read the book about grace. So did I. I read this book. This book talks about grace. And this book says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Watch what the Apostle Paul says. He said, God forbid... How shall we that are dead to sin continue to live in sin? But God loves me and he just forgives me and he, he doesn't care that I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, he does. He calls us to purity. Can I give you the fourth one? Come on, let me give it to you because you need it. Number four is purity comes from a decision. Purity comes from a decision. You're not going to be pure by mistake. You're not going to wake up, you know, 40 years in your life and go, man, I've been pure. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? I, I don't know what happened. I just I arrived here and, wow, that was so cool. I'm just pure. No, you've you got you to make a decision. Let, let me tell you what Job said. Job chapter 31 and verse 1. Listen to what Job said. Job said, I made a covenant. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. You know, they're telling us, statistics are telling us now that your children, that the majority of children are exposed to pornography between 10 to 12 years of age. 
The fastest growing segment of people addicted to pornography are women, not men. It is becoming, it used to be a male, and it still is a male problem dominate, but it is now they are saying that there are more and more women becoming addicted to pornography. Might as well talk about it. We might as well get rid of it. We need to get our head out of the sand and begin to deal with the issues. Let, let, me, let me talk about both sides of this struggle. Let me talk about both sides of this issue. Men and women, let me talk to you a minute. Just because it's in fashion does not mean you need to wear it. I saw a website the other day. I love this website. Leggingsarenotpants.com. I'll leave it. Understand, ladies, God has made, the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It is natural for men and women to be attracted to one another. It is right. It is godly. It is holy. God's the one who made sexual attraction. But it is needful. The Word of God talks about modesty and moderation. The Word of God talks about some things that we need to understand, that we don't need to put all of our business out there. You know, some things need to be left to the imagination. They just shouldn't make some things in certain sizes. It's like, help us, Jesus, how much can that material stretch? I'm just trying to help you. You have thought the same thing. You just weren't brave enough to say it. See, so ladies, let me help you. Ladies, it, it, is, it is needful that you dress in a way that does not provocatively entice men to follow after you. Uh, and, and that's, I'll leave that the way it is. Now, men, don't say it's the woman's fault. That started in the Garden of Eden and you guys hadn't stopped yet. Job said, I made a covenant. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Jesus said this. You know what Jesus said? Now, understand. Under, <laughs> let me help you. Jesus said this when they were wearing robes and fully covered. Jesus said, you have heard it said that if you commit adultery, you deserve punishment. He said, I say unto you, whoever looks on a woman lustfully in his heart has already committed adultery. Guys, it's not all their problem. It's our problem. It's our choice to determine that we are not. Listen, please, can I clear this up for you? Because some of you are really nervous right now. Well, Pastor, I saw them and I just thought they were attractive. That's fine. I told somebody, they said, when is it sin? I said, second look. <laughs> you got it? They're coming at you in the mall. That's one thing. But when you turn around and start following, you cross the line, big boy. Just because you got married, you didn't go blind. I understand that. But when you start, <laughs> when you start following, when you go around the block in your car, 
you've crossed the line. So God deals with both. He deals with modesty and moderation, and he also deals with our eyes and our hearts that we make a choice because purity is a decision. When we live in purity, the Word of God lets us know we'll be blessed and we'll see God. And I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. I, I want to be in that place. I, again, I, I understand we live in a society where it is tough to do that. I've been thinking about moving to one of these Muslim countries. You can explain that, some of you. Right? And yet, the Word of God tells us that we're to live lifestyles of purity. So let's, let's talk about how we do that in closing. Number one, 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin or purifies us from all sin. So number one is pray daily, God will cleanse your mind. I, I think that should be a daily prayer for men and women. God, clear my mind. Purify my mind. Take away anything today that's unlike you. Purify my thought processes today. All right? Number two is found in the book of Proverbs, the 13th chapter and the 20th verse. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Number two is, choose companions who are committed to purity. Choose companions who are committed to purity. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I, I, I'm, when I go over to certain people's house or I'm out with certain people, I always find myself, you know, and we're, we're, here's a thought, find some new friends. If you really want to commit yourself to purity, you may have to find some new companions. You say, well, you know, they're not, they're not that bad. You know, we've been friends for a long time and everything's been going good. And, and, and well, here's my question. Here's a Dr. Phil moment. How's that working for you? <laughs> you find yourself continually stumbling when you're with them. You find yourself in the wrong places, doing the wrong thing, involved in the wrong actions. Maybe, just a thought, maybe you ought to get some new friends. So choose companions who are committed to purity. Number three, make wise choices about entertainment. Here we go. I can watch anything. It don't matter. I can listen to all that swearing and... I can look at all that nudity. I can, none of that stuff bothers me. Really? I probably pray as much as most of you. It bothers me. In fact, here's what Philippians 4.8 says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, come on, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. I mean, we come into the house of God. Oh, Lord, I love you. I thank you, Jesus. You're wonderful. And then we go and we start our car. And out of the speakers comes somebody calling and swearing and talking about all kind of manner of evil. And we have become so jaded that it doesn't even convict us as we walk out of the house of God. Old school today, huh? Man, pastor's going back today. Yeah, 
I'm going back to the Word today. This is the Word. This is biblical. Number four, learn to control yourself. The world says we're just animals and you can't help it. The world says, here's what we want to do. We want to pass out condoms to everybody because you just can't help it. So we want to hand them out at school. We want to hand them out on the playground. We want to do everybody. Because, you know, people just can't handle them. They just can't control it. I mean, maybe an animal can't, but I think I'm a little bit higher than an animal. I'll give you a Bible for it. It'll make you feel better. 1 Thessalonians 4, 4 says that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Apostle Paul writing there said, look, you can get control. Now, now let me say, I, I understand what, what we think, and, I, and I'm going to wrap this up so you can relax. I know what we say. Yeah, but they didn't face the kind of pressure that we did. Are you kidding me? Go read about the Roman Empire. Go study about a guy named Caligula. Go read about the perversion that you would just walk down the street and there were temple prostitutes everywhere, both male and female. And it was okay. Everybody was doing it. It wasn't any big deal. And so the Apostle Paul writes to people who are in the middle of that kind of place. And he says, hey guys, hey ladies, control yourself. Don't be like the ungodly who just live life any way they want to. Take authority over your body. Again, you and I are called to be different than the world. I'm not surprised when there's a new sex tape that's leaked from the world. That's normal. The wicked are bold. It's out there. What does surprise me is as believers, when we act as though that's okay. No big deal. Everybody's doing it. Pastor, you've got to understand, everybody's got needs. Yeah. I close. Here's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that you are to crucify yourself. That you are to put your desires. You say, well, that, Pastor, that, that, that would be denying who I really am. Hmm, there's a scripture for that. The Word of God says that you are to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow God. So, yes, there are moments that we deny ourselves. There are moments that we deny what we want or what we feel or what we need, what we feel like we need at that moment. But purity says... You know what? I will deny myself in the moment to receive the blessed life that God has for me. And so I challenge you today. Don't allow this world to conform you into its image, but be transformed into the image of God Almighty. Amen.